0: I realized something that I did that's really annoying in the previous show.
1: Was it making me be Steelheart?
0: Uh, no, <laughs> no, because the book is great. I gave it a four out of five stars. Oh, you
1: mean annoying to you? Oh, okay, <laughs> right.
0: I think whenever I try to talk carefully on the fly, like I do this with my sayings, okay. and I actually drove myself insane.
1: Oh no, don't do that. Listening to it. Well, you see, also, I have been editing less, so I think perhaps in the past I would have chopped those closer together, Mm. because I definitely do the same as well.
0: Maybe I just noticed it because you didn't edit it, but I feel like I actually talked like that a lot more when I was talking about Steelheart for some reason. Maybe because the content of Steelheart is just so (laughs) awesome.
1: some like updates from mm. the steel art episode gotcha so i guess we are doing that then yep so brandon savage oh, boy. brandon savage <laughs> who the fuck is brandon savage do you know that who? sounds really familiar is he some kind of singer in a pop band don't know fred
0: savage is the wonder years kid mm. no longer a kid
1: brandon sanderson has a podcast did you yes. know this sam
0: I didn't. Have you been listening to it? Um, so there's a couple of things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have not been there.
0: listening to it, but it does seem really interesting. You did send me the link, and I guess it's about him just writing his ass off.
1: <laughs> well, there's a few things happening here. Like, it's uh, always 15 to 20 minutes. Oh, excellent. As, But there's four people involved in it. I don't know, that just seems like a lot of people in not much time. Hmm. But that said, I have been listening to a few of those shows, and it is quite interesting. There's like three other people: there's a woman and two other guys on the show, and I can't tell you who they are. Or I'm still at that stage of the, of, the, of listening to the show where you can't distinguish whose voice is who. Right? They do that little quick thing in the middle, like I'm Brandon Sanderson, I'm blah blah blah, I'm blah mm. blah blah, and they're like, oh, this just sounds like three identical men talking. I can't <laughs> tell who's the difference. Yeah, they're up to season eleven. Which huh. I think it almost implies they've been doing this for eleven years. All of it is sort of around, like, yeah, that how they how they write, advice to upcoming writers, writing workshops, Q and A stuff like that. So it seems like a quite a valuable resource. And so far, I have been enjoying listening to it because I am sort of working on a little fiction project on the side. So yeah. any uh, so I'm, I'm sort of interested in that side of things, despite me not particularly caring for this one book that he read. Like, he's still an interesting person. Like, I'm still fascinated by, like, people's processes and how they work. And, uh, you know... The
0: fact that he has a progress bar for each book that he's writing.
1: That's amazing. So if you're interested in how authors write books and hearing some more background about that, and yeah, definitely check out the show. It is called Writing Excuses. And it's kind of nice. They end each episode with a little task or some homework for you as a budding author to, to do. And they say, do this. And you're out of excuses. Oh, no, they say something. They say, they say something funnier than that.
0: So is this something that I can just jump into with, like, yeah. the latest episode?
1: Yeah, they suggest you jump in at Season 10, Episode 1, huh. which is what I have done. But that still means you're, like, a season behind. Right, So which I don't really mind. For the casual listener, you can just jump right into the latest one.
0: So I'm really curious as to why you decided to... <laughs> Find out more about Brandon Sanderson.
1: Uh, it's like a car. It's like a car crash. You know? (laughs) Yeah, it's like your
0: anger for steel
1: art. You're like, what is this? Who
0: is responsible for this shit? I want to know
1: everything about this bastard. (laughs) Know thine enemy. (laughs) It was actually the progress bars you were talking about. So I was like, oh, I want to kind of see this. So I went to his website, and then I think, yeah, from there. I didn't find the progress bars, but he did say, oh, the latest episode of my podcast, which oh, is obviously really? catnip to me. I'm like, oh, podcast. Oh, my God.
0: So it's on like the upper right hand corner of his website, which is huge.
1: Is this the progress bar? The
0: progress bar. I dare you to check it out right now. On, on air there. On air. I think it's brandonsanderson.com. Yeah. Boom. Right there. Stormlight. First draft. 50%. White Sand. Graphic Novel. Volume 1. 100%. The Dark Talent, Alcatraz five, one hundred percent.
1: Oh, okay.
0: He is doing the misborn. Yep. Working on a graphic novel. Uh working on the Stormlight books, which is crazy. These are like heavy books. Plus he's working on the Wheel of Time stuff.
1: Well, these are all potential future book club books. (laughs) So maybe.
0: (laughs) Speaking of that before um, I quit the podcast. (laughs) I don't know if he is our friend of the show, definitely my friend of the show. Uh, Evan uh, from the office. He actually recommended another book after he heard our reaction to uh, Steelheart. He said, "I think I, I'm going to quote this." Okay. I have not yet read Steelheart either, but I'm pretty sure that my reaction will be similar to Edwin's, <laughs> which I think is a cop out. You know, I think I think that's the easy, cool answer to have. <gasps> oh,
1: please, I am not cool. <laughs> <laughs> i revel in my uncoolness but okay
0: <laughs> but um he recommended this book called ancillary justice
1: ancillary justice okay. it's
0: like he said it's proper sci-fi by ann leckie
1: really wish her name was her last name was Sillery. that'd be amazing
0: <laughs> Ancillary. celery <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> oh my god
0: that would have been amazing though really would this was to be read on audible how long would it take me
1: Oh, 416
0: pages. Mm. That's not so bad. 13 hours. Yeah, that's not so bad. Perhaps I shall recommend this during our next wave of nonfiction.
1: Mm, Okay, I'd like that. How has the progress been on Worst Person Ever?
0: I actually listened to like a big chunk of it, but then I listened to it on the plane uh, on my way to Stockholm. I just got back from Stockholm a couple of days ago. I actually fell asleep somewhere along the way.
1: Oh no, they should have like built-in sleep detection (laughs) in the Audible app. (laughs) yeah. So you so there is some point where you've stopped listening, but you can't remember where that is.
0: Yeah, and, and I think I might just have to start like a lot back than I than I think I do. But I just remember thinking, like waking up and thinking, "Man, this guy is just a fucking asshole."
1: Save it for the show, Sam. I'm so <laughs> so interested to hear your reaction to this to this thing. Uh, it's gonna be um, interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But okay, I'm going to save it for the show. Save it for the show.
1: Stay tuned for next week's show when we get to talk about this. (laughs) Which I'm Uh. really looking forward to. (laughs) Okay. The other little piece of updates I wanted to talk about was there's a really good episode of the Script Notes podcast, which I think I've talked about and recommended before on this show. Uh, It is called The Batman in the High Castle. Um, And they talk about world building, So if you haven't heard of this, Script Notes is a podcast by two Hollywood screen playwriters, which is super interesting and they kind of cover all areas, you know, the Hollywood industry, screenwriting, and they often have guests on the show. So yeah, this episode, grab it sooner rather than later if you want to hear it, because I think it's about to reach the cusp of being old enough to go into the paid archives. So that's the business model for this podcast is, you know, the last 20, 30 episodes are free, but if you want to get the whole lot of them, then you can become a premium subscriber. They're on episode 245 now. So this was December 1st and they, yeah, it's definitely, I think this kind of hits home to some of the problems I think I had with Steelheart. Primarily the question of being, you know, are we creating settings for our stories or stories for our settings? Mm. And I think my instinct forced when i was reading steelheart was uh, it felt like brandon sanderson had this idea of a city made of steel and where it was permanently nighttime and then he kind of worked a story into that rather than mm. having like hey there's a story i want to tell and then working the settings around that and there's a lot of interesting stuff they kind of go in in the depth about like the gotcha. dc universe the marvel universe uh star wars Mm. harry potter
0: that is interesting because um i actually know the genesis of how bernard sanderson got to know got to think about the story which i think uh-huh. is kind of dumb <laughs> but i'm sure you don't find that surprising
1: please oh yeah uh, please share
0: so apparently he was in a car and um this other car was being a complete asshole and cut him off and he got to this point where he was just like oh man like thank Thank, thank goodness that I don't have a superpower. Otherwise, I would have totally, like, vaporized that guy.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, well, you know, that's not that's not so dumb. Right. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like the bad, the bad superpower
0: mm-hmm. thing. Okay. And then thought, like, if he did have a superpower and he was just able to vaporize the guy, like, what are the consequences? And, like, he, you would feel omnipotent, right? Like, no one would be able to stop you. And why not just do that if you can?
1: I think that is a really interesting idea. Mm-hmm. That didn't quite come across in the in the book but
0: yeah right but i think that's sort of what i hooked on to and kind of liked from the beginning you know this notion of you know besides the whole clever aspect of there are no good superheroes only bad superheroes which is sort of a easy twist right Mm -hmm. yeah but it was all this notion of like fighting the urge to like become this evil thing towards the end of the book which i which i kind of liked
1: Yeah, so I mean, that was all the updates I had. Anything else you wanted to add? Um, I um, actually wanted to know the update between you and Last Voyage. You won't be surprised to hear. I still have problems with the music because you can't turn the music off.
0: Oh, does this game have like the, you have to do that funky thing with?
1: So you start the game, interrupt the podcast, go back to the game, pull up the control center and play the podcast again. No, this is, this plays at the same time as podcast sort of works but it's quite loud and it's quite it's sort of like ethereal droning kind of music just enough to bother me and then just gives like the whole podcast a really creepy <laughs> <laughs> kind of vibe <laughs> but you
0: can't mute it or anything
1: no because i mean it's a super minimal game isn't it like there's no right. there's no the menu there's no menu yeah. that i found um, that if t- there is a menu then please please write in and let me know but
0: yeah because isn't there like a square on the upper left hand corner where it takes you to the menu Oh, it's if you scroll all the way down in the main menu... No way, there's what? A, yep. Oh, Jesus. Music, sound.
1: Oh, amazing. That's the dumbest place to put that. But It is. Sound. You are the best. See, you're there looking for bad UI patterns.
0: <laughs> but it's it's such a beautiful game, though.
1: It is very beautiful. Okay, great. I can go back to playing this now.
0: I do have to say, though, that audio actually adds a lot to the feels of the yeah.
1: game. Yeah, maybe I will put on sound effects but turn off music how do you feel about that
0: i guess that's a good compromise maybe when you're in the last chapter you turn on the music
1: okay all right for you sam i will do that
0: all right what was the other game that you recommended that i couldn't stand black box yes <laughs> uh it's sort of a better version of black box yeah because um the puzzles don't make me do stupid things there is there is one chapter where you have to use the gyro, but it's like that chapter is all about the gyro and not you figuring out that it's a gyro.
1: Are you talking about sandwiches again? Yes. Uh, speaking of Blackbox, I did send you a link to an article written by the author about how he got 100,000 five-star reviews, uh, 100,000 reviews on the App Store in four weeks or something.
0: Right. That was really interesting, but it still did not make me want to play okay. it game. Okay. <laughs> I think I applaud his effort, though. Like, he obviously have found, has found, like, a really great way to, quote-unquote, hack reviews.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so the, the brief summation is you can get a reward for a review, mm-hmm. which previously was against App Store rules, but mm-hmm. I think in this case, this is more like unlocking... Oh, what is a it? You puzzle. Just, yeah, yeah, you just get like, uh, there's a whole bunch of nice animations around it and you then yeah get an extra puzzle or get an extra clue, I think, something like that. Yeah. So, so right. well done, Mr. Blackbox.
0: Mr. Blackbox guy.
1: Yeah, that's what I call him.
0: But, you know, I did appreciate the fact that he has been a longtime game maker. Are you familiar with his, any of his previous work? or I am not. Um, but I'm glad that he's trying all these different things. And I applaud his effort for that. Um, but, yeah, I do not care for his game. Because it makes me look like a complete idiot in the bus line.
1: Let's do Daredevil, finally, after, what, two months?
0: Right. Daredevil.
1: Uh, so I I finished this quite some time ago, so I feel yep. a little bit rusty. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I remember exactly what how everything happens. So maybe that's indicative of the show itself. I'm sure we'll yeah. get into
0: that. I think, yeah, there are definitely some good moments and some bad moments, which I think we can review.
1: I think I can say... Not as good as season one. Well, let's not be too hasty. I like to be hasty. Let's just jump right in. (laughs) I think especially after Daredevil season one and then Jessica Jones being like, amazing. Mm -hmm. And then Daredevil season two, you're like, oh, 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 oh.
0: Um, Should we do a spoiler warning? We should do a spoiler warning. So lots of spoilers for Daredevil season two. Beware.
1: Do not proceed if you have not seen Daredevil season two, or if you don't care, then carry on listening.
0: It's it's your choice. You live your life. So I wouldn't mind doing like a three by three because I feel like there's a lot to lot to cover here. Okay, and yeah, it might be a mess if we just go at
1: it. Right, I was just about to jo- jive in. That's a <laughs> crossbeam jump. It's just to jive in, yeah, yeah.
0: like seventies jive in.
1: <laughs> I love that restaurant. Um, <laughs>
0: So, a good point.
1: The fight scenes were amazingly well choreographed
0: and very well shot. I do have issues with the fight scenes.
1: Well, okay. So, I'm going to say some of the good things and then perhaps you can counterpoint those. Right. Yes. So, there was a great video that kind of dissected how Jackie Chan manages to make his fight scenes violent and comedic at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, By... Oh, jeez. Who's the person? Is it every, every frame a painting? Oh, I can't remember the YouTube channel this came from. Oh, yes. Every frame of painting.
0: I, I took a look at it. It was really good um, and sort of really broke down all the good parts about why Jackie Chan movies hit so hard.
1: Yeah. So definitely worth five minutes of your time to check that mm-hmm. out. And in fact, actually, that YouTube channel is awesome. Like if you want to waste far too much time on YouTube, then go watch that. <laughs> so what I found really interesting, and especially how it applies to Daredevil, was there was a kind of analysis of how Hollywood movies handle fight scenes and then how jackie chan movies handle fight scenes right and a lot of it is they you know in hollywood they will cut on the moment of impact so you see the person throwing the punch they'll cut and then you see the reaction like you know, the other person flying backwards or something like right. that mm-hmm. and that just becomes you know when you can or when you contrast that with uh, jackie chan movies which often have a lot of uncut longer shots mm-hmm. and you actually get to see the you know the
0: the actual hits taking place, yeah, right.
1: like the action and the reaction all happening in the same shot. It kind of grounds it a lot more and actually makes it a whole lot more impactful. Especially right. you know if it's done well and you actually believe it's an impact. So kind of having that in the back of my mind, watching the Daredevil fight scenes, they are very well shot for the most part. In right. that there's so many long shots. Like I think there's I could at least think of like three scenes where. It almost is not just one shot, but it mm-hmm. almost feels like a, a, a really long single shot. But actually, they do they do cut. But um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of long shots where you get to see like the action and reaction all happening, and you're like, "Wow, this is this is amazing." Yeah, thinking like specifically of Frank Frank White, Frank what's his name? Frank what's Castle. It? Frank Castle. Yeah, breaking out of the prison scene mm-hmm. when he has the axe. Oh my god, that's just. It's horrendously violent
0: absolutely brutal
1: oh uh, yeah it's, uh, yes
0: yeah i think he yeah it wasn't even an axe it was like a shiv
1: right oh maybe he gets an axe halfway through or something
0: but yeah that's an excellently choreographed scene
1: and it's almost like very and the camera is really slow moving and you kind of right. get to see totally. everything i think then another one is another time that happened oh gosh i can't remember the exact setup but i think daredevil and Elektra are fighting their way out of a basement or fighting going into a basement. Right. But yeah, you just see the camera kind of follows them down the stairs in a single shot. And mm-hmm. yeah. So there's there's a lot of moments like that where you're just like, wow, this camera work is amazing. And the cho- choreography is amazing. And how many times did it take to get this right?
0: When he, when uh, Daredevil was fighting out, um, when, when Frank Castle was hurt and all Daredevil had was like a chain that was strapped around his arm and he utilized the chain to fight like the gang of bikers.
1: Mm. Oh yes. That was yes, coming into the building. Yes. yes and the, yeah, the gangs were coming in. Yes. Yep. That's the, yeah. I think that was one of the scenes that I was thinking S- of. Yes.
0: So I thought that was really well done because I felt like the chain added so much to his character and the way that he fought mm. um, and still maintained his principles. But, uh, generally like, um, I'm not excited by the way that Daredevil fights until the last part where he sort of gets his little whippy chain thing, which then I think you start to see like the rhythm of the fight. Otherwise, he just fights like a boxer, which doesn't really excite me. Like, I think season one did it really well because he's sort of beginning out. And then there's that really great episode, I think, in the end of season two or season three when it was just this one long shot where he's fighting like a bunch of Russians and you see him getting like worn out and tired, but he's still like fighting through. That was the first scene where Daredevil did like the really long shot and one continuous um, action oh, scene. was this
1: like in the taxi? The I taxi think it was in like taxi yeah, garage.
0: it was. It was. Um, he still had his old outfit, which oh, I think okay. is actually cooler. Um, <laughs> it was. It was the first scene where you you can tell like oh it's just like this one crazy guy just boxing and fighting his way with just pure grit that totally portrayed how the daredevil was to me but i think now um especially with this new season you know he's just a really good boxer but it's kind of unrealistic as to how like this one boxer is doing all this stuff so there was a sense of disbelief and anyway mm. um yeah it just didn't didn't make me believe in the fights anymore
1: because there were a lot of fights
0: right there were a lot of fights with people with guns <laughs> right <laughs>
1: A lot of fight scenes were done very well, mm-hmm. but just the sheer number of them just... Yeah, at some points you were just like, okay, all right, let's just fast forward through the fights right. to move the story along.
0: A part that I liked is there's a really good reasoning as to why the characters are the, w- the way they are. I thought Frank Castle's... Um, his whole MO of being, you know, this guy that kills uh, was a really great juxtaposition from daredevil as this guy who doesn't kill
1: uh that's very true yes and
0: them arguing with each other um about the points of you know if i end this life now he's not going to hurt anyone else versus you know if you end this life now like you're a changed person you're instilling justice that you don't really have the power to um i thought those are really good arguments you know um and then he explained about like especially this one guy who was in the show i think his name was grotto Um, and initially he's sort of the guy that got out of this like brutal murder of his entire gang and you're kind of rooting for him because he's the only survivor of this like horrific bloodbath that, uh, the Punisher just shot everyone with like a machine gun. Uh, and then you realize it from like the Punisher's point of view is that this guy actually killed like a bunch of people as well, uh, including this old lady who just happened to see his face. Right. Mm hmm. And it's it's really interesting to hear those kind of things actually play out, portrayed in in a TV show that normally wouldn't portray something like that.
1: The when they have that conversation, I mm-hmm. remember thinking, "So this is when the Punisher has Daredevil like chained up on a rooftop somewhere, right?" And then they have this conversation that seems to last for three hours. <laughs> yeah, like so, I do get what you're saying. Like that 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 contrast is is good but oh my god that scene where they just dragged it out for Mm. it was it 20 minutes i don't know it seemed like oh my they're still talking
0: (laughs) (laughs) there were a lot of scenes like that a lot of scenes like that yeah
1: yeah that was definitely a bad point for me have you ever seen the british tv show luther yes with idris elba yes i've only seen the first couple or first maybe two or three episodes and in that, I was like, "Oh my god!" There's just so many scenes of people talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you sort of have to be in that mindset, right? Like you know what you're getting into when you watch Luther. Is that, yeah, I'm not it's like, all oh, about geez. these intricacies just of
1: endless talking. Yeah, towards the end of the of the of the season, when Karen and the Punisher own a diner together, and that just goes mm-hmm. on for hours. It's endless talking. <laughs> right, but <you laughs> oh, know, else. Like, oh, for
0: some okay. reason, I really liked it when Frank Castle talked.
1: Oh, because of his convincing New York accent.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, which is really strange. He's like from the South New York. (laughs) So like Georgia? Right. I don't know why he sounds like he's from Georgia.
1: (laughs) But okay, yes, we can put that aside. Um, Yeah, you you mean just his presence and intensity and delivery, I guess, Mm -hmm. and performance. Yeah, it is very good. He's very watchable.
0: The woman who played Karen was just a really good medium as to like empathizing with all of the characters.
1: But mm. yes, I think as an intermediary, that sort of worked.
0: Right. And I thought um, the introduction of Electra at first I thought it was unnecessary. But then you realize how it sort of all fits together.
1: That she was trained by Stick.
0: And how it connects to Frank Castle, which uh, I now forget.
1: Oh, I forget too. Wait, how does it connect to Frank Castle? This is perhaps a bad point, and perhaps we'll get to this later, but the intricacies of the plot I found difficult to follow at times. Right. Like, there's just so many characters that I did find it difficult to remember how everything linked together yep. and who was who. So it's like the chaste, the hand. You know, the, <laughs> I can't even remember the difference between those two right now. Um, but The chaste
0: is a good. That the stick is a part of.
1: Oh, so fun pop culture fact is that um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Hero Turtles, their master is called Splinter, which is a kind of pun based on the fact that the Daredevil's master is called Stick.
0: And the bad guys in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are called the Foot. (laughs) They're the Foot Clan.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, yes. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing.
0: I didn't put Splinter and Stick together. Actually, that's pretty Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I thought the whole chaste and hand thing was kinda of weird. It was starting to get into this like weird, strange land of um, you know, you forget I think in like the Jessica Jones world and then the Daredevil world, you sort of forget that people have these mystical superpowers.
1: I mean I guess less so in Jessica Jones, but yeah, certainly Daredevil season sure. one. Yeah. You're like, okay, this is just about in the realms of possibility,
0: and even in Jessica Jones, it seems like they're just slightly more. Yeah, you know, they're they're more human than like super mutants, right? And and that sort of reminded me, like, oh yeah, we're we're in the Marvel universe. Yeah, um, but which wasn't a bad thing. Like, I still felt it was pretty intriguing. One thing, didn't you think Electro was more of a badass when you thought that she was a multimillionaire that just liked to fight? <laughs> after After I found out that she was like trained from her youth by stick, I was like, "Oh, like she's less interesting,
1: <laughs> and when it turns out she is stormy cloud stormy Th- cloud oh, wait what's the what's
0: the black thing? sky
1: black sky <laughs> <laughs> which I guess stick knew all along yeah, see like, even now I'm still like confused. the black sky was what the hand. Was the magic? Was the superpower for like, entity that the hand?
0: It's like they're Neo.
1: And then what was happening with all the like regeneration, the blood thing? Yeah, resuming people back to resuming people back to life. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reanimating? Resurrecting? Resurrecting. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, that whole resurrection thing, and then the they were taking people's blood, and mm. like, the lawyer's kid was in there.
0: Right that that part was kind of confusing. That's, well, yeah, okay. like that whole section and when Matt Murdoch was being like a total fuck up and not doing his job yeah in the daytime, is when I kind of wanted to give up the
1: show for a little bit. but let's pull this back to good points though. Yes, since <laughs> he seem to have taken a wrong turn somewhere and ended into bad point world so far. Um, what else was good? Boggy was bearable. Did you just make an amazing pun? (laughs) No, but that was amazing. (laughs) So wait, so this implies you did not like Foggy in the first season?
0: Oh, I I hated Foggy in the first season.
1: (laughs) I love Foggy.
0: I couldn't stand him. He was the only guy that broke me out of the world of Daredevil. I was like, oh my God, this guy's acting is just absolutely atrocious.
1: Oh, no. I, <laughs> I thought he was like, oh, he's the comic relief the kind of the entryway into the world, which I thought he was less so this time around.
0: I mean, he has less to do this season. But it's still crucial to the story, I feel, as like Matt Murdock's daytime life guy.
1: I guess kind of following on from the fight scenes, but like the special effects and the gore and the violence was amazingly mm. well done. Like It was really quite difficult to watch at times. Yeah. Which... I think is a job well done.
0: Right. Like on the parts where like not only like the ninjas like slashing throats and stuff, Mm. but when Frank Castle was wailing on dudes. Yeah. It was pretty gross and gnarly.
1: Certainly, Certainly that prison scene, coming back to that, him breaking out of prison.
0: Yeah. And then the part in the diner is also pretty cruel.
1: Sam, do you have any more good points to share?
0: It was really well put together, I felt. Um, I If I still had to compare these to other shows that are on TV, it's still more to the four and five stars rather than yes. the three and the twos that we've we've been watching recently.
1: <laughs> of course, I'm now kind of going through my sort of Better Call Saul and like Hannibal phase mm. where you're like, oh right. my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And then you kind of go back to a Netflix show and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, right. It's right. not quite as beautifully made as some of. Some other shows, but still, yes, uh, worlds above certain other TV shows that we Mm -hmm. may have been watching in the past. (laughs) So, bad points. I'm going to jump in and say I thought the plot for the whole season two was very messy and difficult to follow and mm, a little disappointing, I think. I think it started Mm -hmm. off pretty strong, because you were just like, oh, it's just The Punisher and Daredevil. Right. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you're like, oh, now The Punisher's been captured and put in jail and then old puffy round face turns up and you're like ah, oh, amazing wilson fisk yeah who is amazing like he's probably my favorite character <laughs>
0: so i thought by the end of episode four when the punisher was in jail i thought that was it of the the punisher series yeah and then, you know they conveniently introduce electro like right afterwards yeah. I was like, okay, so maybe like that chapter's closed. And then like now we can concentrate on Electra. I thought it was going to progress like that. And then it happened that it, it just became like a mess of um, stories.
1: Yeah. Yes. And like even now, we can't quite remember how right. Frank Hassel gets tied back into the Electra hand thingamajig. Right. If at all.
0: If at all. I forget.
1: I think he just shows up at the end and shoots one guy. after so many amazing fight scenes throughout the rest of the series like the final fight scene was just dreadful
0: do you remember that movie it was an Adam Sandler movie where he goes back probably
1: not I can tell you right now but okay
0: (laughs) and he goes back and uh, gets his high school diploma all the way from elementary school in order to run his like dad's company or something like that I think it's called (laughs) Billy Madison that's the name Uh, of the movie okay I've not seen that so apparently, okay. Let me tell you really briefly what the story is about, okay? Okay. Um. So Billy Madison is this multimillionaire son, goof off, never graduated school, just living off his parents' money, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out like I think his parents are gonna die or something, so they need to, um, essentially bequeath his company to his son, but then his son's an idiot, right? <laughs> okay. So unless he gets like a high school diploma or an equivalent of a high school diploma, they're not going to give it to him. And it's going to go to Mr. Bad Guy CEO, right? And so he has two months to get his high school diploma all the way from elementary school. So essentially every week he needs to finish a grade or something like that, right? I forget how the math works. I think it might be like three months. Okay. And throughout the process, he realizes how much of a dick he's been all throughout his life, right? Because he's just been this bully. Um, and so I think as he's like going through like his middle school grades and all that stuff, he remembers like how he was a total dick to this one guy and he calls him up and he apologizes. He goes, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry. Um, (laughs) I'm really sorry. I know I was mean to you. And then it turns out like the guy is like Steve Buscemi, right? Right. And Steve Buscemi goes, Oh, okay, that's fine. Like I wasn't even thinking about it. And then he turns around and then there's a list on the wall that says people to kill. (laughs) And then Billy Madison is one of them. And he scratches his name off. Right? But at the end of the movie, um, I think Billy Madison is almost gonna get killed by this evil CEO guy, and then uh Steve Buscemi's character snipes him and shoots him in the leg. And then all he does at the end is wave like with his sniper rifle from like a building far away. And oh I gosh. thought that was exactly like Frank Castle. <laughs> He shoots the bad guy at the end of a crucial moment when Daredevil is about to get hit, and then he just like gives Daredevil the nod. You know?
1: <laughs> oh god, it was totally that. Another problem that I had with that whole scene was the like, this whole thing is built up by like how many like hundreds of ninjas are descending on this place, and then you right. end up with this climactic fight scene on the rooftop, and there's like six ninjas. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, it's like. Uh, I think we're missing a few here. Like, are they around somewhere? <laughs> Can we get more more ninjas on this rooftop, please?
0: Yeah, uh, it would have been devastating if it was, like, a swarm of them, right?
1: Yeah, like, which is mm. what I was kind of expecting. I don't know. I think there's just been so many, like, memorable fight scenes where you're like, oh, God, this is, I'm, like, drawn into this and, like, oh, God, this is terrible. I'm thinking of also, like, in the first season when, oh, jeez, I'm going to forget his name, but when Daredevil fights the Japanese guy with the chain and the knife. No the, boo. yeah like the first time he fights him like that is quite a harrowing fight scene mm. uh, just that whole end sequence was really yeah
0: yeah it was strange and then yeah and then the guy snipes him
1: right and like, why was frank castle even there why <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like daredevil wasn't in peril at that time i don't think it didn't feel like he was like right oh my god about to be killed and then frank swoops in and saves him
0: yeah it was kind of a weak fight yeah
1: Yeah, I was a little disappointed by that.
0: But at the same time, like, I still have issues with the way that Daredevil fights. I think I might have mentioned this to you when we first watched season one and then we're chatting about it. Mm -hmm. Is that I sometimes wish Daredevil actually fought like a devil, like very demon-like. I mean, you have this opportunity to give this blind guy motions, right? Yeah. And he's just fighting like a boxer for most of the time. I mean, sure, his dad was a boxer. He's still a (laughs) blind dude. Mm. Uh, using all of his senses and it reminds me of this one thing where when they were filming batman begins um, they were taking a look at different martial arts that um, that would be for batman to use right and, you know it'd be silly for him to use this martial arts when he was trained by like Razal al ghul like you know the master of the shadows right and if he was fighting like karate or like taekwondo it would be kind of silly uh, so the stuntman of the movie actually figured out um, a new martial arts for him to use, oh, um, wow. and it's and it's like a cross between like Krav Maga and something like that. And I think it's called like Kri- Kriva or something like that. Casey, I think that's what it is. Okay, K E Y S I, and it really looks cool because, um, and it makes sense because most of the the stance of when he fights is him protecting his head with his hands, mm-hmm. but he has his arms akimbo and. They're sticking out, right? And he's essentially using his elbows to swing around and fight, which kind of makes him look like a bat. But at the same time, it's, mm, right. it's sort of like this offensive, defensive position, right? Because it's him alone fighting. And so I thought that was really cool because then, you know, you, you actually feel like he's a bat, right? Because he's fighting in such a strange, awkward way. But at the same time, like, it looks cool. And I was thinking, wouldn't mm. that be really awesome if the Daredevil... Um, Did something like that where he was essentially like on all fours, you know, lunging and like reaching for things that most people would cite would not be able to do. So I always thought that that was like a wasted opportunity. That was a bad point for me. But, um, oh, another thing. (laughs) I know you love Wilson Fisk. I do. But I can't stand his voice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wilson Fisk.
0: He sounds like he's making this deep
1: voice. <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing, Sam! <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just too much. It's you know, I think he's a great actor. Vincent D'Onofrio is known to to put on really good roles, but whenever he makes that voice, I just don't believe it.
1: I looked at his um, like headshots on IMDb, and I'm, oh my god, he has hair! I'm like, oh, this is all <laughs> yeah. wrong. What's happening?
0: He was the hot guy from My Adventures in Babysitting. Which is an 80s movie.
1: Not familiar with that. But he has done a bunch of movies, hasn't he? Yeah. He's in like a lot of stuff.
0: He's in uh, Full Metal Jacket. He is Private Piles.
1: I didn't have so much of a problem with his voice, but yes, now that you mention it, it is quite amusing when you do that impression. I won't lie. (laughs) (laughs) The Karen-Matt Punisher love triangle was irritating.
0: That was kind of weird.
1: I just didn't buy it for a second. Well, I never bought the
0: love part between Frank and Karen. It was more of like, you know, Frank needs someone on his side. And I thought mm. Karen was a good vehicle for that.
1: But the, but still, the Matt-Karen thing, uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it seemed really forced.
1: Yeah, it really did, didn't it?
0: And I guess they added that so that
1: the tension can be there between Matt and Electra yeah but even that wasn't handled very well was it mm-hmm. i feel like you could, they could have done a lot better job of just yeah making that a thing but like looking back on it i'm just like oh did was that ever really a thing yeah. right wasn't crazy about that wasn't crazy how karen became a reporter in the space of like three hours
0: she is pretty talented
1: well i mean no doubt
0: <laughs> maybe that's her superpower she can pick up a job in like three hours
1: Whatever but yes, she suddenly she has a has has a job in a incredibly competitive profession, and suddenly has an office. <laughs> right? You're like, uh, and
0: editor in chief just has full faith in her, right? Without even checking writing samples, which seems unlikely. What if she writes like total garbage? <laughs> I believe Frank is innocent by Karen Page. You know, like,
1: <laughs> and just Matt generally being a dick was unappealing i've struggled to work out why he was acting the way he was or his character was behaving the way he was
0: well who was he being a dick to in <sighs>
1: your eyes it's so a foggy my favorite character of all time obviously <laughs> and so that's not gonna stand being a dick to karen uh i mean i, I kind of get it like oh okay his superheroing is getting in the way of his other life right He was like okay, okay yeah yeah i kind of see that but, like, they spent all this time in season one, you know, making this law firm from scratch. And suddenly, uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but I think that was, like, inevitable, right? I think this just sort of showed where he was putting his effort into. And I think it yeah. was kind of realistic the way it played out. Although, I think you're right. He was being a dick. But I think that's what most characters would do.
1: Just maybe want to shake him and go, stop being a dick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I think this is why we like the Netflix Marvel TV shows because it's sort of based in realism, right? Like Jessica Jones had that same vibe of she's not the perfect hero Mm -hmm. and that's part of the reason why we watched the show. Yes. But at the same time, I do agree with you. It got really tiring. Like it wore me out.
1: Yeah. Like it just stopped being enjoyable to watch. It was like, Mm -hmm. uh, it's like whiny little guy (laughs) with his superhero problems should have been more Rosario Dawson. Mm, I do uh, agree. I think that's basically, that's how you fix any, <laughs> any show. More any Netflix Rosario, show. Yeah, more Rosario Dawson.
0: Right. Something about her character is just sort of like the breath of fresh air that you need.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Um, and sort of knocks sense into everyone. Um, my final bad point would be his costume.
1: You mean that, that bald guy in the garage doesn't do a good enough job making his costumes, which I forgot <laughs> how that situation came around. Yeah, but. me
0: too. <laughs> I, was I was just like, like, oh yeah, this guy.
1: <laughs> like, right, I totally this is the forgot This costume about guy. About him. Oh, and, then, <laughs> and then he, like, turns up with Electra, <laughs> Right. You can do something for her as well. Something a little bit more, you know, busty. He's, he's really
0: talented. I mean, he's like a master tailor, right? Yeah, apparently so. Without even getting, like, measurements. I mean, you'd think... He'd at least have, you know, those tailor's busts <laughs> yeah, that just you have where you like, yeah. pin the fabric, right? And then like making sure everything fits correctly. But no, he's just doing it by feel. <laughs> I like making things. <laughs> and you're like, okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> his face looks really goofy in that mask.
1: Right, it has like the red eyes.
0: Yeah. And what it kind of looks like he's cross-eyed, but not really. <laughs> and I feel like his helmet is like too round for his jaw. So he just kind of looks cute, like a cute little like a crime, head. crime fighter. Yeah. <laughs> At least with the his first mask, which was I think like um, essentially just a black bandana like all over his face, mm. except for like his mouth part, like because it covered his eyes, it was kind of cool that
1: way, right? But this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, maybe if they even just covered his eyes, that might have been cooler and not have like the fake lens.
1: Maybe that was a disguise, though, so people wouldn't think that he's blind. I don't know. Think that he's blind? I'm not sure. So, final final ratings? Final ratings. I would put this a
0: 3 out of 5 for me.
1: I would agree. Like, I it's think... like that's a solid yeah, not like waste a solid of time. Three. Yeah, uh, totally. I don't feel annoyed that I watched it.
0: I'm glad I watched it.
1: Even though it took you quite some time.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, no. So here's the thing. Um, I think it really would have worn me out if I binge watched this.
1: Mm, Yeah, I did binge watch. Although I kind of, I started and then by the time we got to like seven or eight, I was like, uh, ah, maybe we'll just like do one, one or two a week or like do one, one evening and then have a night off and then maybe do another one. (laughs) Right. So
0: totally. So I'm not usually the one to say this, but I really feel like maybe a little pacing would have helped with the story because it helps you digest right yeah it helps you think about the previous episode like oh what exactly like why did electro come back you know um but because you're sort of watching them one after another like you forget a lot of the details in the previous episodes and stuff like that
1: i do love i do love stick as well i like stick as well yeah comes and like just stirs shit up
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then straight up murders that guy at the end
1: Uh, i think my favorite my favorite um a favourite scene with him was when he was trying to like a something. What happened to something happened to Electra? She got poisoned, mm-hmm. or like a wound was infected. Right, I can't remember exactly what it was like a poison tip blade or something. Mm-hmm. And so he gives this like long laundry list of things he needs to daredevil it's like, like
0: some baking soda, yes. acid, yes.
1: Tea. <laughs> <And> then- <laughs> And he just drinks the tea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean it is an old joke, but it's a goodie. Um, are you looking forward to Luke Cage as a standalone show?
0: I am. I'm also looking forward to the Punisher, I think. Because I heard that The Punisher is actually getting his own series.
1: Ah. Oh, I had not had not heard that. Okay.
0: Yeah. I do like the Luke Cage character.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean what little haven't seen too much of him, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll probably also miss Jessica Jones.
1: Yeah, not as good as season one, but still has promise. So Netflix don't let us down with your future Marvel TV shows. Mm-hmm. Still, a hundred times better than any DC TV show out on oh, on, oh right, yes. on there right now. Ugh. So Sam, what is your opinion on the latest Rogue One trailer?
0: I am on complete media blackout. This is on my list. Right, people okay. are talking about it. And I don't want to know anything about it. I actually forgot the plot mm. of what the Rogue One movie was about. And then someone and then someone asked me, Sam, you do know what the story is about, right? And oh. then, of course, that kicked off my memory. And now I remember what it's about. Yep.
1: Is there a Chrome extension to block Rogue One spoilers?
0: Uh, Although perhaps is. it's still
1: fairly early in the news spoiler frenzy. Right so thankfully
0: yeah there hasn't been very many gifs on the twitters
1: yeah do you know what i have been avoiding it too sam your influence has rubbed off on me really i perhaps would have watched the trailer because mm-hmm. i think i watched like the first few star wars trailers without mm-hmm. really thinking about it you know but now i was like oh you know what no i'm not gonna watch that rogue one trailer i'm yeah. not gonna listen to this two and a half hour podcast on the rogue one trailer don't do it
0: <laughs> don't do it one it's a waste of time two you're gonna enjoy the movie a lot more that's like a win-win.
1: Can you imagine when the movie studios finally get around to doing like a Beyonce and just dropping a huge movie with no
0: build-up? Oh man, that, I would love that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Like the next Star Wars movie just drops.
1: <laughs> right? Like how amazing would that be? That would be insane. So there you are, Hollywood. If you're listening, you can have that idea for free. <laughs> Actually, no, I'll take a 10% cut. So I'm going to s- jump in, oh Jesus stopping, jump in Edwin.: That's a good band name.